Welcome, everyone, to Tea and Sympathy, a podcast where two American ladies talk about drinking tea and watching a lot of British television shows. I am one of your hosts, Sarah. I'm another one of your hosts, Melissa. Um, we've added a third host who is the Zoom, the Zoom person that tells us recording is in progress. She never she contributes. She's not going to say anything, so it's fine. She's better that way. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod, and we're online at T, the word T, T A, and sympathypod.com. You can reach out to us and send us love notes or suggestions or, well, that's pretty much all I want to hear. Um, at T and oh, sponsorship opportunities. Oh, right. If you have a business proposal, um, that would be mm-hmm. great. I, this is going to be of particular interest to the sock puppet people following us on Facebook, but <laughs> you can reach us at tea and sympathy pod at gmail.com and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash tea and sympathy pod. Real humans join us. There. Real humans only, please. Um, you can listen to us pretty much anywhere now. We're at our podcasting home on Podbean. Oh, Plus Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Guys, I have an update. I have a big update. What is it? My mother is still listening to this podcast. Oh, wonderful. I know. I assumed that she was not. And then we were driving the other day and I, because I am a, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is. Uh, I'm a conceited jerk. No, self-centered jerk. Nope, that's not right either. No, you're. Uh, were I you love, listening to the podcast? I was listening to the podcast. That's just I like quality. listening to it. That's just quality control. Yeah. So I was listening to it when we were driving, and she said, "Oh, is this? Uh, which one is this?" And I said, "Excuse me." <laughs> she said, "Is this the one where?" And I forget. It wasn't. Te- it wasn't the last one. It was the. And I said. Are you, are you listening to them? And she said, yes. And she skipped. She, she did skip. A, she just picked up back on season three, uh, episode one, season three. So she skipped out on the lost season, which cannot blame her. No, but that's totally fine. There. Hi, mom. <laughs> Welcome back. I am glad to know that because you were like, j'accuse. Yes, I was. I did accuse her of not listening. (laughs) Publicly. Apparently, she also like posts about it on her social channels. She posts about it on Facebook. Well, that's nice. To be fair, she does do it because. Let's be real. I am a 41 year old woman who does not have children and is not married. And so she likes to post about my podcast and my dog when I had them because that's like the only thing I got going on so it's fine well I would argue that sound is I did not mean that to sound as whatever as it was it's not the only thing you have going on right I'm cool with it it's fine (laughs) sorry I just jumped right in but I was so excited are you um you having your usual tea today I just finished it I'm drinking it out of my (laughs) So I have like a set of mugs that I love that are the perfect mugs and they no longer match any of my dinnerware, which is hard to tell because they're all white. But I did purchase a mug, uh, a novelty mug, which is very unlike me, but it was um, one of the, a local business did, did some West Wing uh oh. merch so i have a, a mug that says the desk of toby ziegler because i am nothing if not a surly middle-aged jewish man <laughs> at, at heart, at, 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 curmudgeonly jewish man at heart so i did have tea though um, i'm i'm not drinking tea this morning but i wondered I, I we've probably discussed this before either on or off podcast but do you drink iced tea I do. No, I you're do. you're in the south, so I'm do you in have the south? I have, drank it before too. Do you have to specify non-sweet tea, or do you drink? Uh, you do. You do have to specify it. I frequently do drink 
sweet tea though. I love it. It's so it's, I'm not one of those people that think it's too much. I'm like, put it directly in my veins, <laughs> which I try not to drink it that much because it's sweet. It, <laughs> it is, but I love it. I love all forms of black tea. Notice yeah. I didn't say all forms of tea. And in fact, I do get slightly bent out of shape when I go to places and I order an iced tea and they bring me some sort of hibiscus mango yeah. monstrosity. And I'm like, that's not tea. That's a tisan. It's the thing they love to do. Oh God, they do. You don't have to tart everything up. Just give me the tea leaves for God's sakes, people. I don't want an iced herb mix. If I wanted an iced herb mix, I would have asked for the spa water. That's so fancy. Yeah. Please note this really only happens when I'm out in California. (laughs) I grew up in a big iced tea household because my dad, um, doesn't drink coffee he only drinks tea so hot tea and and iced tea and then my I have many many family members in the south and so I did when I was young have a sweet tea exposure but I just as I have stopped long ago taking sugar in my coffee I also don't don't really take sugar in my tea so that's a little fact about me yeah if I am drinking so if I'm drinking non-sweet tea I am also drinking it without sugar weirdly enough so I get it and, sweet, um, like sweet tea is a different it's it's closer like it's it, it's not it's it's not really iced tea let's be real it's like <laughs> flat soda yeah kind of mm-hmm. yep welcome to sweet tea is it tea <laughs> Sarah and Melissa or is it flat coke or is it flat Coke? Well, we did it. I finally got you here. I'm so excited. Oh, to watching Call the Midwife? Mm-hmm. After years <laughs> of haranguing, I yes, did it. Years of resistance on my part. I have to tell no. you, though, I didn't cry. I know. That's okay. I've, and, I, you know, I, I cry at lots of other things. Commercials, the Olympic, like. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I just need to say like, it's important to note that like, it's not just like, I am a (laughs) well-known sap. It is publicly known. It is known, but I'm not the only one. And I'm not the only woman like grown men who watch this show. Like it's our week. It was our, it's our weekly cry when it's on. So I just, that's, that's, that was where I was coming from with that. Though I will say, I feel like now having rewatched it, mm-hmm. uh, or at least the first couple episodes, I feel like the it doesn't it doesn't really hit its stride. You didn't say that when I told you that I had watched the first season, and you yeah. went back for a rewatch, and you were like, "Oh, actually, this isn't like <laughs> the sweet spot." Yeah. The first season. Anyways, I'm sorry. You wrote a wonderful description, so. Oh, I think Wikipedia wrote most of it, but um, I will share with the people um, Call the Midwife is yet another BBC period drama (laughs) series about a group of nurse midwives working in the East End of London in the late 50s and 60s, uh, 1950s and 60s. Um, It stars many people that you um, may not have seen before. I did not recognize a lot of faces, but... There are some um, recognizable ones. You will recognize, um, if you are like us, you will recognize Miranda Hart. You will recognize in later seasons, Emerald Fennel. Is it Fennel or Fennel? I believe it's Fennel. Okay. Um, you will also recognize Pam Ferris. Trunchbull. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And if you're like me and you watch enough Marvel, Marvel, oh, sorry, guys. Again, wearing braces. Words are hard. Uh, Jenny Agutter. She is in a couple of um, Marvel films and she's wonderful. And if you watch Ghosts, you'll recognize Charlotte Ritchie in later uh, episodes. She joins later. Well, suffice to say, it is a wonderful cast. It is a wonderful Um, cast. I, I do the the lead in season one, the Jenny Lee Jenny character. Lee. 
Yeah. Um, she's very like rain. Yeah, her look is very of the era. She's very well cast. Yeah, she ended up leaving and going to do um Fortitude, where she oh. played a, a just a really irritating woman. And I realized that I I don't think <laughs> I like her. Oh. Um and I will say it gets better after she leaves. Like, I don't think this is a spoiler alert. Like she leaves the cast after season three. And it, this I, is one of those shows. It's like, I mean, I'm not drawing a parallel to this particular show exactly, but it's like, it's kind of like Grey's Anatomy where like the cast, like the setting and the, this, the core, you know, source of drama remains the same, but some of the characters come and go and, and you enjoy the show for, other things besides yeah. like one particular character i will say like it it i feel like there are probably other shows that do this where they like start off the show i mean it, it's based on it is based on a real woman and her um memoirs and it this it improves dramatically once the character of nurse lee leaves like there's something about it where it's the focus is on her is not it doesn't do the show justice mm, okay when it expands out to a like more ensemble drama then it's good so mm. that's why i was like oh crap i forgot this is when it's her when it's focused on her and her experiences it's gross cuz she's slightly irritating well the you mentioned this, but the, um, the series was originally based on the memoirs of Jennifer Worth, who worked with the community of St. John the Divine, an Anglican religious order at their convent in the East End in London. Um, the order was founded as a nursing order in 1849. And then it says the show has extended beyond the memoirs to include new and yeah. historically sourced material, but not based on this woman's life. I feel like when it expands out, it's very good. Vanessa Redgrave still narrates and I feel like she is delightful. I love her yes. narrating. I originally titled this um I, I don't think I saved it, but I originally <laughs> titled the script um Oi Mister, you me midwife <laughs> because that's what a lot of Sarah people... Poplar. That's yes, what a lot of people in that show is I episode title please uh the um <laughs> the show i really is... do like your first bullet uh <laughs> but you know what though i don't see here's the thing i feel like that's like saying like soprano the sopranos there's a great deal of murdering in this show <laughs> like sure it's the framework well, so I, and I just uh, want to also also they expand again, like they and that's another thing in future seasons, like it's they become more like the nur- it's nurses, it's the public, it's less birth yeah. focused. Well, and just for the record, like I'm not like an anti-natalist <laughs> and I'm not anti-child you know, or what have you. <laughs> I that's fine. I don't have <laughs> never had a strong compulsion to have children but i'm you know babies are delightful and cute and i'm very happy for all right very happy for people that want the babies (laughs) and have the babies so that's all fine but um i just (laughs) like they go in hard like immediately with like rectal tubes i know i know i know i know i feel i know you said you're going to keep watching it just do me a favor and like skip to season like four. Oh no i hate not knowing the context but i i'm not sure you necessarily but at the beginning of season four they'll be like previously on whatever whatever and then you won't i i mean you could keep watching it <laughs> that's fine i just i don't want you to check out <laughs> so good well i was I, I was watching this and i was thinking about what you said about home fires and about how it's difficult sometimes to watch things through um you know 2021 eyes and liberal feminazi eyes <laughs> i'm 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 owning myself there is by that the way. what we are yeah i'm sure somebody, somewhere, somebody awesome. i am a mouthy 
feminist. I'm a mouthy broad for sure. Mm, that would have also been a good title for this podcast. Mouthy, mouthy broads. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was watching it and I was thinking like, I mean, there were parts of Downton Abbey that were very irritating to me because I was like, oh, just let them sit in a room by themselves. Nobody has right. to chaperone. Anyway. Right. Um, but, you know, the mores of the time, you know, whatever. They look right. strange. They're strange to us. Uh, but there were some things that I was like, okay, <laughs> this is not, it's kind of like when you see, when you see an article that's like, this man, um, has worked for 50 years at a metal stamping plant and oh, he's God. walked in Detroit and he's walked every winter to work, you know, three miles and they, we crowdfunded him a car. Isn't that great? No, that's not heartwarming. <laughs> that is a societal failure. Totally. So, so there are some things about this that I'm like, that's not heartwarming, <laughs> but it's because I'm looking at it with my, my modern eyes. Um, the thing that I'm thinking of is late later in the season. So the first season is six episodes. We love a short, we love a short season and then they stay short. They do. I think they only get, uh, eight. That's good. There's like there it's like seven plus, a plus a Christmas special as with all wonderful British television shows, you've got to have a Christmas special or maybe <laughs> eight plus a Christmas, but it's, it's still not like 22. Yeah. I haven't watched a network show in a long time. And I, I started watching, oh my God. um, a very bad show called manifest and <laughs> my mother watches that show. It's well, about a boat, right? It's a boat or a yacht no. or a ship or a battleship or something. It's a no? plane, a plane. Oh no, she watches, maybe she watches like the last, sorry, mom, I'm besmirching <laughs> you on a slightly national podcast, but my mother watches, she will admit to this garbage but it, television, <laughs> but it is stressful when you, when I realized, oh, there's 22 episodes of this. Yeah. Nothing happens ever. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, awful. we love the West wing, but there are 20 odd episodes in a season like I I can't I can't (laughs) there's so much it's so much I will say Um, that's why I appreciate like things now being on streaming is because now I just treat those like a movie you know several day long (laughs) movie well well, the, the mainly not not heartwarming story I'm thinking of well first of all there's the woman in the first episode yeah with the 25 children. Yeah, I don't either. And like, although 20, I will say, okay, go ahead. The, I'm not, this is not an argument for, for <laughs> sorry, please continue. The context is that the woman is Spanish. She's from Spain and she speaks Spanish. She does not speak English really at all. And her husband, who brought her back from the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, they do. I mean, they say they are, they do admit it's a little weird well he doesn't speak any spanish yeah that is odd and this lady um she keeps she stays being pregnant she stays having babies there's 25 24 children she's pregnant with the 25th one i know this is possible theoretically but this woman is like so blissful in her like tenement house with newspaper over the windows and her 25 children but anyway there's like a problem and everything works out fine but the nurse jenny she does sort of raise her eyebrows at the situation because the it it's it's creepy it's creepy yeah it's creepy but i will say uh so here's this is similar to downton this is similar to the bodyguard um there are people who like show up in supporting roles who you're like I know her and with the the daughter so the daughter the one who does speak Spanish um that's Haley Squires and Haley Squires was in one of my favorite shows from 2020 which is adult material I don't know that one um I don't know if I'm comfortable doing a podcast episode on it but it is a the series follows Haley Burroughs, ostensibly an ordinary, hardworking mom of three who has been working as Jolene Dollar in the adult entertainment industry for many years. It's really, it's a great television show. <laughs> it's on HBO. So like that, that was my one note. But yeah, I don't find 25, I don't find 
22 pregnancies, 25 children, heartwarming at all. That literally makes, I, I put, puts me in physical pain. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the coda to that <laughs> the series at the end, there's this cleaning woman that works in. So the, the, the nurses are based, they're not based in a hospital. They are based out of this convent, I guess. Yes. Nanata's house. Ninalta's house, which is hard for me to say, and Ninalta's, um, <laughs> but uh, they, it's, so there's nuns, and then there's nurses who are not nuns, and but the nurses live there. As well, they live there, yeah, and they um, have a, a cleaning woman, and <laughs> they do, yeah, that's who that was, Peggy. Peggy. So, so Peggy lives with her quote unquote brother. Oh, at the very bottom. Yeah. Oh, I sincerely, here's the thing. Peggy comes and goes so quickly that I don't remember it. And I haven't gotten to that episode in my rewatching. So don't worry about it. Well, her brother has some terrible cancer and they're very like, they're very codependent. And there's the story, the story comes out that they grew up in a workhouse. Like, it's very. Oh, yes. Now I remember. And for whatever reason, they, I mean, they're brother and sister, but they were living as husband and wife. Yeah. And when the the nurses find out about this, they are rightfully horrified. (laughs) And the nuns are like, whatever, don't judge them. (laughs) Well, that is a through, I do say, like, I mean, I, I. I am not agree. I am on the side of the nurses here. Uh, I the nuns do consistently have a like nonplussed by everything, which is oddly comforting. No, that I like, and like that is the the root. That is the. I mean, guide, they are nuns. So the yeah, guide to a happy sense. life is like just let people live, <laughs> right? Water off a duck's back. However. I yeah, have a hard time believing that they, and I'm not saying like, oh, well, they should have not cared for Peggy or her brother, husband right. or whatever, but <laughs> you know, maybe a little like acknowledgement that like, yeah, that's weird and gross, but yeah. we don't have to understand I it. <laughs> I don't disagree. So that made me laugh, but anyway, um, so that's where the nurse, more the nursing starts to come in because that wasn't at all related to. Yeah. You know, because I feel like none of these things matter. (laughs) None of these things they do. There are store there. I there are far. It's they're far better storylines later on. I look forward to them. Yeah, I do love that. It's like you say this. This is NHS propaganda, and yeah, it is. I love it. (laughs) I would love. Give me. They just send people to your houses to care for you. Yeah. And do you know what? I'm an idiot because I didn't know because of where I grew up in this, like, you know, you're on your own hellhole um, of a health system is that, yes, to this day in countries where, you know, this is a thing, <laughs> a woman comes to your house after you've had your baby for like yeah, they, six weeks. Yep. In, I believe in like Sweden, they do that. They bring you the box. They, they also have a box. Mm-hmm. They bring you the box. It has everything you need for like however many months the baby sleeps in the box because let's be real. Yep. It's the same thing as a, you know, same thing as a crib. And they come and take care. Imagine, imagine a society and a government taking care of its citizens. My mind is blown. Yeah. And like the, I mean, when you talk about like, so the neighborhood that they're in is very is like working class, poor. Yeah. Um, but these are people who are sometimes living in like kind of rough conditions. And they guess yeah. what? They still get excellent health care if they yep. want it. Yeah, there is a in later days, there is a um, I'm just gonna spoil it because it's fine. There's in later later episodes, there is a uh adult diapers shoved in a fireplace situation but guess what someone still comes and takes care of that person i look forward to unraveling what exactly that means (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, well, the lady that had the 25, the 25th baby that she had it early and they were like, oh, we'll come visit her three times a day for yeah, however long. And I was like, wow, that would cost millions of dollars. Yeah, but you don't have people like, you know, dying because they can't afford insulin. So there's that. Yeah, that's um, that's a plus. Um, I love that you wrote the scabby Irish hooker. Uh, I, (laughs) okay. I felt bad for her. The first, the first episode where she was in, I felt bad for her because I knew it was going to happen. The moment they took her to that mother and baby home, I knew they were going to take that, take that baby away from her. But then when she showed up in the second episode, I was like, I'm done with you. (laughs) Yeah. I will say though, this is unrelated less to her being a hooker and more to her just being Irish. (laughs) And this is not a slur, uh, but I will say like her naming the baby Kathleen and then her saying Kathleen in her heavy Irish accent Kathleen. for some reason, Kathleen, Kathleen. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while when she was first like screaming it. I was like, oh, Kathleen, she That's did what she you're saying. Kathleen, Kathleen. I'm like, I don't what what's her name what's she didn't leave name? she didn't leave the h out when she first said it and then in the second episode it was heavily h-less h-less <laughs> h-less yeah i just there was something about her screaming kathleen and i was just howling well like i couldn't help and it. first of all when she was i love giving- you irish people love you irishmen when she was giving her little backstory and she was like, oh, my dad died and then mom fell in love with the drink. And I was like, oh, oh, we're going for all the hits, all the hits, all the hits. I lost my brother in a potato famine. <laughs> oh, how I long for the hills of Shimmerine. Oh, no, she was from County Mayo. Yeah, but then they moved <laughs> to Dublin and that's where the mom turned into a drunk. Because- oh, right, 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 right. I mean, it was okay. Broad brush. I'm surprised she didn't have a brother show up and like punch people because that usually happens to a brother named Seamus. No, he wouldn't have been named that. Sean Killian. Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Patty. (laughs) I'm not making fun of the Irish, by the way. I'm making fun of people who married to an Irishman. Right, exactly. It's just that, you know, this I never before I met my husband, I never knew that the Notre Dame mascot could be offensive, but it is. (laughs) Oh yeah, it 100 percent is. So you know the fighting Irish. Yep, because that's what they do. They just get drunk and fight. And- they do. And to be fair, I someone told me that I feel like I've covered this before. But like someone, I, when I went to Ireland a couple of years ago, and then I came back and I was talking to a friend who has some Irish. You want some Irish in you? Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, everyone is so nice. And he's like, yeah, it's just on the surface. Oh, like the Midwest underneath exactly underneath everyone is furious i think i've told you this before but there's a museum (laughs) there's a museum in dublin and it's like i'm like i'm not lying to you it's like it's it's not the famine museum but it's like the museum of irish heartache or something like it's i love that it's something that like you would think like is that maybe like did a comedy troupe do this Is is that a meme a slogan on the front of it that says something like the terrors you know it's like the cup of irish misery is overflowing yet not half full yet or something like i i I was we passed it and i pointed to it and asked my husband i was like are you people for real (laughs) (laughs) they are they are they 100 are not without like this is not without reason but it is i do love that they are somehow like still salty about edward the fifth or whatever uh they can nurse a grudge and that's something my they husband will tell you 100 percent can nurse a grudge <laughs> and i love it we they've been nursing a grudge for 500 years bless them that in a way it's impressive healthy, right totally keeps you love sharp it. keeps you sharp keeps you sharp 
Love it. Love it. Um, can we talk about Chummy? Mm. Yes, let's talk all about Miranda Hart and Chummy and how she was born to play to play role. this role. One hundred percent. Do you know if Chummy is based on a real person? I, I don't believe so. I don't know though. If she wa- if she is, I want to meet her. I just. I mean, she's spectacular. She- I mean, her name is like. Lady Camilla Fortescue Chumley something and she goes by Chummy and she's very she's raised in Inja. Yeah, I know. And her father was knighted for service to the Viceroy and her mother is like a diminished fancy person. Like she's not she's living in lovely surroundings, but she, her mother, I will say we do get some uh, I feel like we meet her mom like later and her mother's uh, unsurprisingly not like awful, but. Oh, she was in the first season. Yeah, she was kind of awful. Oh, is she? Yeah. Well, I know that uh, she makes a return at some point. But... Matron Camilla Fortescue, Chumley Brown. Chumley Brown, that's right. Nurse Brown, Chummy Brown. Chummy can't, Brown. Can't ride a bike. Can't ride a bike. Six foot whatever <laughs> i love her so much um she like cash drops that she knows princess margaret kind I of know. that's my favorite and she it's says like, well, not well she has this like plummy accent and she also drops all these <laughs> crazy slang i know i love it I love um it which Oh, because she said she drops something like she oh, she's going to a delivery and she drops her like supply bag and she's like, Dolly bugger it. And it's like stuff like that. The whole like just listening to her talk is a pleasure, even if yeah. you're not like tuning into the plot because she she's just like a very specific type of person from, I know, from that. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. And she, um, she wears this pink uniform and they like don't want her to wear it anymore, but she can't fit in the largest size of uniforms they have in the, the cupboard because she's a very tall, broad lady. She is a, uh, a, a imposing woman. But she has a nice story in the she first has season. A great, she has a great story arc in general. Oh, I didn't want to say that because I didn't want to assume and then have it be like she does. Okay, good. I promise I'm not spoiling it. But um, she has um in the first season, she has a little flirtation with a constable and they um they have a, a little relationship and I love that it's never like they never make like nobody's ever making fun of him for you for know dating a hand for liking a handsome woman yeah or no nobody ever acts like he is too nice yeah because nobody dislikes chummy it's true um i will say i mean i'm just gonna like there's definitely some nurses become nuns and some nuns become nurses oh i do know who that is because i was reading the wikipedia page but i won't share it here well, there's a few. There's more than one. Oh, okay. So there you go. So the nuns are also sort of interesting. They're Anglican nuns, and I don't know a lot about Anglican nuns, but they wear the habit, and um, they're all sort of older. Sister Julianne is the, I don't know, lead nun. <laughs> she's, yeah, I think she's she's not the... <sighs> well, Sister Monica Joan is the kind of daffy one. Yeah, she is... Uh hilarious and then my favorite nun is the grouchy nun trench ball it's kind of um it's nice that sometimes you get it's just people trying to like relate to one another in their workplace and of course they get like irritated with one another but nobody's being like no one's jerky see i that's the i feel like that is really the key to successful no, that's not true because I've been watching some shows lately with some real <laughs> jackals. <laughs> that's mm. the word I use for my dogs. I know and I love it. Um, so I did I did jerks. say um the, the babies are all very cute, and I just wondered, uh, and I'm sure maybe you could not you, 
specifically in general, you could find this out, but, um, do you think that they use like a couple of babies like over and over in different outfits, or do you think they just have a, an unending stream of babies? Just like, I, I don't know. I, I will. Okay. So for anybody who may be squeamish about this sort of thing, like if you don't like to watch like surgery shows or like doctor shows where there's a lot of like gore fluids, it's not that this isn't, they, they don't do that here. I yeah. Mean, there's there's a, not like a lot a, of fluids. There's like the suggestion of it, but it's not gratuitous. And that's, I think why I can watch it is yeah. because they don't, it's not generally. Ugh. And they treat them, the men, the, the like the father characters with like more or less the, the cluelessness they deserve. Like in that era, like men would not have been in the least bit knowledgeable about a lot of stuff involving pregnancy and childbirth. Yes, and they don't let them anywhere near and I love it. Right. And so, but they're, but it's not great. They're not gratuitously stupid. So no, they're just like, I just really do enjoy the, there is an aspect to it. And I think that obviously I haven't had a child. I don't know these things, but like, there is an aspect of this whole, um, this is a woman's experience and like uh, we don't need your masculine energy here yeah like, they really are very like okay go away now bye hey, go away <laughs> like we got this like it is it is women taking care of women and i really do like that and it's it's the one space too where i i think generally um, at least as it is portrayed that men have historically been like, you know what, that's fine. I am happy to step back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that's universally true, but certainly in this era when, you know, people had babies at home or they, you know, like if you remember, if you watched Mad Men and you remember Betty Draper and they just put her under and then they wake her up and they're like, here's your baby. Like the, the experience was people were very removed from the experience for a long yeah. time. And I think men were like, double removed from it but yeah basically they fetch towels and water and you yeah, know but this one I like because they're very they're not removed like it is a very the nurses are there like the midwives are there they are like again this goes back to I guess NHS propaganda it's like <laughs> some of these like these nurses have been seeing these women I, you know, I don't know. I just like it. I like it. <laughs> and I like that they, in later, like, you know, episodes, they always sort of make callbacks to like, oh yes, that woman, I delivered her second. And it's this, that, like, they know the stories of their, of Poplar. And I think that's what it is that I like. Well, I mean, there's something to be said, right. For, I mean, we've, at least here, like our experience of healthcare, unless you're pretty lucky is that you get 20 minutes of somebody's time. Yeah. If that, and, um, because of the, the way that we make money off of healthcare, like it's about volume. It's not really about care. So quality of care, which is not to, you know, it's not shade to the individual doctors and nurses and, and no, in fact, from what I've heard, when I've talked to healthcare providers, they're like, we hate it too. Yeah. I don't think anyone gets into medicine or healthcare to be like, yeah, I would love to see 30 patients a day. <laughs> right. It's like teachers that have 40 kids in a classroom. Uh-huh. It's an aspect, a communal aspect about the show and like popular and granted that time period that I feel, I don't know. I find myself wishing not for, I don't want to go back in time to any of these things. I don't sure. want to live in the fifties before birth control. Sorry. Um, whatever. I have my tooth tied. She knows that. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't want to go back and live in the 20 in, you know, 1920. And I don't, but like there is a, and I don't know if this is American or maybe our international listeners could let us know, but like we there is no communal whatevering. I don't know. So I think that, um, and maybe this is what you're talking about, but there was, um, there's several uh, like establishing shots in the show where they're in these, these neighborhoods where it's a narrow street and they're um, 
terraced, I guess you would say houses or brownstones or row houses, we would say here, but small places where lots of people live and there's lots of shots where admittedly. Right. But there's lots of visuals where people are like, you know, the woman's out washing a window and she has her baby in her pram next to her and the kids are playing in the street and people are hanging washing. So everybody is existing together, not, you know, an acre and a half apart and (laughs) in a neighborhood that you can't walk anywhere, which is, you know, live where you want. But I think that there is something to be said for the fact that it was a community and people were, even if they were annoyed with each other and too close and maybe not living in the greatest of conditions, people were looking out for one another and they had an innate sense of what other people needed and when, and the the nurses were a part of that because they were there, they were in people's houses every week. Um, You nailed it. Exactly. And I, yes. So you had this kind of like outside of healthcare outside of a national health service, you had this net um, of support where yeah. people had an awareness of like where you were and what you were doing and what your problems probably were. So um, that was like, it's like the circumstances weren't great. And you kind of wonder like, why are these people having all these children? Well, first of all, cause there was no birth control, but also um, as we know it today, but, um, mm-hmm. but also because it was just easier for people to have more children yes. in, a, in a neighborhood where everybody kind of had the same amount of nothing and people were together all the time. So. I mean, like there's multiple throughout the season, like shots of like uh, community centers where people left their small babies outside <laughs> in the prams For because fresh uh, the fresh air and like no one's going to take your baby because everybody knows whose baby it is. And like you can't just take a baby unless you're a scabby hooker <laughs> oh did she take it i, can't. I haven't well, gotten she steals it. the one baby because they took her kathleen away from her so kathleen she... yeah i sorry i haven't gotten that far yet in my rewatching, and i admittedly don't remember uh, i did think it was very funny in the one oh they just keep having all these babies and like if only there were a magic potion to stop it from happening i was like well hold on it's coming. It there will be. And they do touch on that in later, later, later seasons. I'm excited. I'm excited. You're excited. I promise it gets good. <laughs> I mean, it's already good, but it gets better. I'm so glad that um, I was able to make you so happy by watching it. Oh, I'm so ecstatic. To be fair, this is like I had a friend. Um, who was Canadian and uh, swore she didn't like Schitt's Creek and tried to get into it. And when she was visiting me once, I made her watch a couple episodes and she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. <laughs> and then she posted like probably a Moira meme or something like that. And I was like, wait, have you watched it? And she was like, oh yes. And I'm obsessed with it. And I was like, I feel vindicated. <laughs> How did that happen? How did she, did she just I don't, keep I watching? Think she just, I think she just kept watching and like somewhere around, I think Schitt's Creek season three gets great. And she was like, yeah, once season three hit. And I was like, yes, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You All were I'm right. Saying is I have excellent taste in television. So you're welcome that I'm doing a podcast with my lovely friend, Sarah. <laughs> I was recently at a work uh, event um you know in a room with people and we were talking about tv shows and movies because you know that's what you do a thing that you talk about i'm gonna talk about right um and these two men that i was talking to were talking about the show feedback i was hearing it as feedback and they were like oh it's great it's hilarious and i was like where is this show they they well they were like it's on amazon prime and I was like, oh, I'll have to look it up. And then one of them mentioned Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I was like, oh, it's loud. And I don't hear well. And you said Fleabag. I went on a date with a guy who uh, only has Amazon Prime and somehow didn't know what Fleabag was. And I was like, I'm what? Hmm? Hard? I know. It was interesting. How have you just missed the entire cultural zeitgeist of the last year and a half? Uh, I don't know, but it's like, 
it's interesting because the spaces that you dwell in, like that I dwell in online or in, in person with my relationships with friends and whatnot, it's like, <laughs> you just feel like, oh, everybody knows about this stuff, but uh, you know, other yeah, people are don't. living in completely different realities. It's weird to me. I don't. And it, I, it was interesting to me to hear two men talk about that show because like, I don't talk about that show to men. I don't tell them about it. I don't care what they think about it. Yeah. I, I feel very point. possessive of it. So. It is a very, I, you know, that's a great way of putting it. I also felt, I also feel very possessive of it, but I also will like, feel like men should watch this. Yeah. You you may not get it, but you should watch it. Kind of like Magic Mike XXL. (laughs) Also low-key feminist movie of whenever it came out. I don't know. I've seen the XXL. I've seen the first. The first one is not. Uh, first one is too moody and dramatic. The second one is just. Uh, uh, it's delightful. Before we, uh, is there anything we want to watch for next time? Did you watch? Do we want to? Do we want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I don't. We both didn't like it. I think, and we both didn't finish it. But we watched the Pursuit of Love. Oh God. Right? In pursuit of love, whatever it's called. Yeah, I didn't even. I mean, we can. I only watched the first half hour. Oh well, let's not talk about it. Let's just say that we don't recommend it. Yeah, sorry guys. I it should again. It should have been on paper. Uh, on paper, you know what it reminded me. <laughs> this is going to be a real weird dated reference, but it reminded me of. Uh, a knight's tale <laughs> with Heath Ledger <laughs> in that I can't my brain for some reason can't ever process period pieces but like framed in a modern framed in a, a current time period like either music to me that uh in pursuit of love like felt like it was like a period rom-com made by Guy Ritchie. Mm, yeah. Which is weird because I genuinely actually, I mean, look, I loved his King Arthur, which was the same thing, but I feel like I, like it's like that doesn't translate for me. I It was weird. It was very like it felt, I, I had no idea what was going on with In Pursuit of Love. I had no idea. I can see uh, it was a book, right? Yeah, it was a um, yeah, Nancy Mitford um, no, I never read it either. And I, I know that it is very beloved by a lot of people, but mm. I didn't see the charm in the, I show. did not either. I was very confused and it should have been exactly what I loved. Cause I do genuinely like Lily James and obviously we love Andrew Scott. I was looking forward to seeing, so um, because Emily Mortimer directed it mm-hmm. and it just looked to me like Sofia Coppola started making a movie and then Yorgos Lanthimos took over halfway through <laughs> and they both just sort of used their like edited by Guy Ritchie, their well-worn kind of shticks and like it works for them. That's not shade, but um, mashed together. It was kind of like, this is good. It was like that Kate. Uh, I tra- I was similarly with that Kate Beckinsale one where it was. Um... Oh, love and friendship. Yeah. Or also when Reese Witherspoon did Vanity Fair, I can't, I, I, you have to stop making period movies in like a, like an edgy way, guys, you gotta stop doing it. (laughs) Weird. I don't understand it. It doesn't, it hurts my brain. I can't, the cognitive dissonance is too much for me. What should we watch? I don't know. Like, the problem is, is that I feel like you, Gangs of London, you would love, but it's too violent. You wouldn't like it because I know you well, don't like that, which is fine. That's well, okay. maybe we, maybe we should take the, that just de- decision offline, offline, as they say um, in okay. the business world. Oh, goody. And then <laughs> we are staring down the barrel of an, <gasps> an imminent release date for Bake Off. So sorry, oh, everybody, but we're going to we, talk about it again. We are. We are. Plus. Uh, aren't we staring down a new crown season? 
Would that start in November? That's usually when they start. I believe so. Um, well, we can do like, don't worry, everyone. We'll do many episodes about Bake Off and you can skip them if you want to. Yeah. But why would you want to? Because well, that's literally how this, that's the genesis of this. I don't know why you would want to, but I'm trying to be like the sisters of Nanata's house and not judge. <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring this back around. Yeah, I love this. I was really hoping In Pursuit of Love would be better and we would have, you know. Yeah, it's not good though. Nope, it is not. I would like it to go away, please. Well, until we figure that out, I mean, I don't know, send us a suggestion on, you can yeah. reach us on Twitter. At Ooh, the Bletchley Circle? Did we ever talk about that? Did you ever watch I think that? we watched the Bletchley Circle. I think we talked. I mean, I definitely watched it because I love it. I did too, but well, I started to. We'll figure it out. Um, Twitter. Twitter. Letter please. T and Sympathy Pod um, online at tandsympathypod.com. T and sympathy pod at gmail.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash T and sympathy pod. Listen to us literally almost anywhere. There's yeah. Excuse. All the places. And send us your show ideas. Please do. Cause uh, we need them. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, this is the T and sympathy podcast signing off. Not midwife calling. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> It's staying in. The Tea and Sympathy podcast is hosted and produced by Melissa and Sarah. It is recorded from Cleveland and Nashville on Zoom using Blue Snowball USB microphones. Tea and Sympathy is edited in Audacity, a free, open-source, cross-platform audio software available at www.audacityteam.org. Tea and Sympathy is hosted and published on Podbean. Thanks for listening.